Are you dealing with the trials of a difficult marriage or going through a separation or divorce? Welcome to the club, friend. Life is messy and it can be hard. I'm Jen Zingmark, a Christian life coach, and I have good news for you. There is a path to find hope, healing, and happiness, no matter what your circumstances are, and I can help you find joy in your journey. So let's go. Marriage support and divorce coaching may not be needed by you personally, but almost everyone knows someone dealing with the trials of this difficult journey. Please share this podcast with someone you know who might be dealing with the challenges of divorce or a difficult marriage. The tools that I have are life-changing, and I know this because I have experienced this in my own life, and I have seen it in the lives of my clients, and I want to share these tools with everyone that can benefit from them. Hi, I am welcoming Celia Diaz to the podcast today. Welcome. Hi, welcome. Thank you. Sure. Thank you so much for being here. Please introduce yourself and tell everyone a little bit about your life and and where you are, where you're from and where you're living now. Okay. So, yeah, my name is Celia. I am Spanish. I'm from Madrid, Spain. And I have lived in Germany, in, in the area of Frankfurt, for the last almost 10 years. Yeah, the circumstance of my divorce actually brought me to, to Germany. And yeah, I'm settled here now. Oh, that's wonderful. So you're remarried now. And how many children do you have? So yes, um, I remarried in 2016. And so my now husband is um, an Austrian and he's older than me. He's 15 years older than me, actually. He, he was a widower when we met and he has older children. So we don't have children in common. I have uh, my three children here with me in Germany that I brought with me after my separation in Spain. So yeah, the, th- the children are teenagers, uh, 19, 16 and 13 Oh, wow. That's great. And what do you do? What is you, what do you use your profession? Mm-hmm. So um, I started working for our church as uh, in the department that takes care of uh, humanitarian service. And so we do throughout Europe, humanitarian projects and all kinds of different courses, courses for people on self-reliance and improving lives. So I, I work in that department, coordinating and supporting our volunteers throughout Europe. And I'm administrative assistant, but I also take care of projects and, and well, do all kinds of different jobs in it. So oh, I know that's wonderful work. When my daughter was there working with you, and Germany, she just said it was incredibly rewarding, very busy, but that you were just running everything and in charge of everything and so wonderful to work with. She just raves about you. Well, um, we do need always support from uh, interns and volunteers. Um, the department would not function without all their support. And for sure, she was incredible. I mean integrated involved motivated proactive I mean just amazing it was really it was a delight to to have her it was really fun time oh that's wonderful 
Well, tell me about your first marriage. How long were you married and Mm -hmm. how did your marriage end? So we were married for 11 years in which we had the three children. I I must go back to our courtship. Mm -hmm. It, It was, I must say, a relationship that was not balanced. I would say as we were dating and we were not little children anymore. We were in our late 20s. And by the time we got married, we were 32. And so we had dated other people and and we knew about relationships. And when I look back, sometimes I think, yeah, there are signs. There there were maybe signs that I had not noticed. I I was just so focused on on loving that man and making the most of our relationship that I, I really wanted it to work. And now when I compare it with my second marriage, sometimes I realize, yeah, this, this relationship flows and you don't need to make effort for it to work because it's just easy. Whereas when I look back, I realize that it, it was trying to push it to work somehow. So that's unfortunate, but you, those few words said in two seconds, uh, in reality represent a lot of experience and understanding through the years. I, I think I was naive and I was too trusting mm. and probably thinking that in general, men were like my father was just a, an easygoing guy, or at least that was my perspective as a daughter. And um, yeah, so that that's a, something important that I try to teach my daughters now to be very cautious with, with these little things. But I think you only learn with experience in life, don't you? It's true, but I know I relate and so many other women will relate to that that when it doesn't come easily, you have to work so hard to make it work. That's a time to really question, you know, it's only going to get harder (laughs) once you get married and have children. And if it's already hard before that, really, those are big, like you said, signs that Mm -hmm. it might not work. Yeah. That's a great point that it's going to get harder because you keep trying and trying and through the years, keep trying and just doesn't seem to, to click ever. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, our marriage ended in 2012. Uh, he decided to leave me uh, because he wanted to experience his bisexuality. Um, and he had confessed that to me for years previously. And I still chose to give him a chance. And we even had our third child after that discovery. Yeah. And I must say those four years, the blessing of those four years was to have to have my son, Hugo, because otherwise it, things didn't improve much. It was actually almost harder. Mm-hmm. And I think he just was looking for the opportunity to find a relationship and, and, and just get out of the marriage. So yeah, that's how it ended. He, he left me in, in June 2012 and it was really, really rough. It was probably the worst time of my life. Yeah. Yeah. I relate to that completely. When I got a divorce, I had a young child. He was two and then my two older children. So I had three children as well Uh and I was 30 and like you, you just can never anticipate getting a divorce at that point and becoming a single parent with three young children. It it was um, difficult to say the and, least. Yeah, absolutely. And um, it, it was a very uh, difficult time. There was a, an economical crisis in Spain and our family business in which we both worked was totally bankrupt. And so it was a combination of everything just falling apart. 
And for me, I mean, that summer, believe me, on the other hand, was like a liberation. I don't have to work with him now. I didn't know how things would evolve. I had no money, mm-hmm. nothing. But at least I was liberated from that ugly relationship. And yeah, I I relate to that completely. Did you think you would remarry initially? Was that a thought on your mind? I I did think that mainly for the children. But for the longest time, I thought that I would still forgive him and we would come back. Uh, Although I had suffered so much and infidelities and I was so worried for the children that I I was saying I would swallow anything. I will forgive anything so that the children don't go through this. Mm -hmm. And so I remember one time listening on the radio a song. I'm here waiting for you or something like that. And I recorded this song on the radio and I sent it to him. I said, this is how I am waiting for you. And it was like, I don't know, months and months and months after it, but I was still like in a, in a block, I don't know, like in a block situation where I was stuck. Mm-hmm. And it took me a while to realize that there was no way. People had to keep telling me. That's, I think that's when I, as time went by, I realized I, I just didn't want to have that relationship anymore. I just didn't know what I wanted, but I thought my children deserve a, a better male model. And so instead of me, I did wish to be loved differently. Somehow I was not proactive. Uh, I was not looking, but inside of me, I did have a, a longing to be loved and to love and, and to have just a a calm marriage, a marriage that where the person doesn't try to run away from you all the time. Yes, I understand that completely. Tell me about your your faith during that time. How was that a help to you if it was through that time? It was very difficult. I, I was going to church every Sunday with him. And suddenly one day, one Sunday, you show up without him and with your three kids, right? And it's like, I feel so weird. And for weeks and weeks, I kept going to that congregation. And that was really difficult. And I felt ashamed. I feel very embarrassed. I didn't want to tell people my situation. And I felt that I was inferior I think that's the word you feel like so abandoned and somehow I also felt this distrust against men Mm. I thought that sooner or later they would be cheating on their wives no matter who or what they were doing or if even if they were religious that was awful what saved me at that time was that I decided to move to Germany in the beginning was temporarily and I moved with the three kids uh, to the south of Germany they were 10, 6, and 3. And I moved to my sister's house. Her husband is, is a good husband. They they welcomed us very nicely. And it was like a almost like a holiday feeling. And by meeting other good men, I kind of recovered little by little my, my faith and my trust in men somehow. Mm-hmm. But I must say that what I know for sure what happened in June is that I said, One time driving in the car, I said, okay, I don't mind what he's doing. He doesn't believe in God anymore. He wants to live his life. He wants to break his commitments, his vows, his promises, but I am going to continue. And there was a very conscious determination. Heavenly Father, God, I'm here. I'm with you and I will continue no matter what. And I'll, I'll do it. And so I remember when I arrived in at my sister's congregation, 
some Sundays I would feel so out of place with the non, no, not knowing the language, but I, I kept saying I need to keep coming. So in the beginning, it was more this, I promise this and I'm going to continue. And then little things were happening along the way. Mm-hmm. Wow. I love that story. I also got some good advice from a bishop who told me that although my ex-spouse had broken his covenants, I hadn't. And that they were still in effect for me and my children who were born under that covenant and that we still were an eternal family, even if he wasn't part of it, that me and my children were tied to heavenly father. And I just remember like you every, every week, almost every day in the beginning, just relying on that blessing and those covenants to keep, to give me strength, to keep going And I remember telling my children, we are still a family. We are still a family and just persevering when I was doing it alone. So amazing. That's good for you. I remember for quite a long time, I just couldn't sing hymns or music about eternal families. It it was like, okay, that that little part of of my beliefs are in this little box (laughs) and I just don't touch it because Mm. If I touch it, I just don't get it. And it was really difficult to, to face that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a tough thing. I understand that. Let me ask you, how were you different from the time you were first divorced until the time you met your current spouse? How had you changed in that time? Well, it wasn't that long. So we got separated in 2012. Then I came across Johannes in 2014. And then we got married in 2016. So it was a process of four years. And then two of those, we were getting to know each other. He always was reminding me that it didn't show any bitterness, that I I looked happy and, and positive about life. And you know what? My relationship with my first husband had been so, so violent. I mean, he didn't, he was not violent physically, but uh, verbally, yes, in many ways. And so I think maybe that's what my second husband saw that I was liberated somehow. And I was myself again. For example, I, I really enjoyed playing the piano and we had a piano at home, but I had never played it. There were things that had stopped like, and, and then with, with Johannes, with my my now husband, he was always encouraging with my talents and and just he brought he bought me a harpsichord and and he signed me up in piano classes and so he really you know focused on the positive things and and things that made me happy to to encourage me. I think it was somehow taking away all that loads from my back from from feeling like worthless. And feeling that professionally I was not good because we had worked together too long and I, I was always receiving critics and and uh, judgments to actually feeling, oh, I have here a new life ahead of me and I can do whatever I want. And actually, believe it or not, this dream to be working with our charity uh, of our church, the Latter-day Saint Charities, was a dream that I had as a youth. And I one day, I, when I learned that it exists, I was like, oh, I wish I could work for that institution. And so, through all these strange paths of my life, I ended up working there. So that was not my first job here, actually. That came later. It came only three years ago. And so 
a lot of dreams have come true really through the negative that happened to us. Oh, that's beautiful. I love that. Isn't it true that we make plans for our life or we have these dreams and we think they're never going to be fulfilled or we forget about them. You forget them. Yeah. On them yeah. And then the Lord brings those things back into our lives. I Absolutely. love that. And you know, even uh, I took my children to a public school in Spain and a lot of the methods of uh, teaching them, I'm not, I wasn't so satisfied and there were plenty of things that I would change. And one time I looked to heaven and I thought if I could only take my children to a different type of school, Little did I know that they would end up in a German school with methods that I agree a lot more with. And and even today, my son was singing there on the stage with his singing class. And I thought, this is the type of thing that I was dreaming of. And I didn't have back there. So, I mean, I'm not critical. The school was great. and But there were certain aspects of it that were not there. And now we have them here. And of course, there are also negative things about being abroad you miss your your identity and and your roots mm-hmm. um, but yeah I mean there is a price for that and yeah we're happy here oh that's so good well tell us your love story how did you meet your husband now and how did you decide to marry him well Johannes had interviewed me back when he was married to his first wife and I was single, he interviewed me for a little, little job with the country pages of our church in Spain. That's how we met. And then that that was it. It was, it happened in 97 and we never saw each other anymore for like 20 years. And then I moved to Germany and, and I met him one month after Amy had passed away. And so it was a difficult situation. We were just doing therapy to each other all the time. So we were like, he he would share with me his sadness and I would share with him my miseries from my past. And, and we were just enjoying every single time together. Like we would talk until midnight and one and two and three in the morning on Zoom. Mm-hmm. Well, back then Skype. And because he was back in his house far away and I was here and it was just like, feeling so young and so in love I I kept telling him I've never felt this way before I cannot believe a woman that is 44 with three kids can I was actually I was 46 can fall in love with this passion with this deepness with this admiration and and respect and I was just so really I had never felt like that before and I I enjoyed it so much and I feel so almost guilty to feel that way and thinking, why didn't I feel this way when I was 20 and 30 and and now it comes, you know, but it really was so special, very amazing. And so we did all kinds of fun things that I had never done and we share our love for music. We were playing together and we were doing a lot of traveling and just using the time to be as much as possible together we still do it it has been just such a refreshing relationship and so there is hope there really is hope for a new life there is hope for for amazing experiences yes you cope with the side effects yeah they are there they don't leave you and sometimes you wish things would have been different because sometimes you feel like you cannot cope with that Mm-hmm. And I've had that also, Jen. I've had moments where I thought I just cannot go on with this anymore. And I must tell you two experiences where I had that feeling so strongly 
that I had to pray with all my heart and say, God, I just cannot cope with this. The next minute it was taken away from me. Seriously, it was like this, this feeling of now, I've, now I'm relieved, now I'm, I'm light again. It, it was from one second to the next. And I just felt Christ was taking it from me that literally he took that load. And another time it was more recent. I felt guilty. I felt I, I had brought the kids away from their country and from their father. And I had this load in my, on my chest, you know, it was this feeling of guiltiness. And again, I was so, so strong that I couldn't live with that. It was almost keeping me from breathing. And I remember that day I took a nap. And when I woke up from that nap, the feeling was gone. And it was gone forever. I've never had that, that weight anymore. So I believe that Heavenly Father realizes when we're at the limit and, and then you go to him and, and he just helps you. He's there when whatever kind of silly thing may be, he there, he's there, he just takes it. So true. I agree with that completely. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. I love it. How are you different in your current marriage? What did you learn about your own behaviors in your first marriage that you, you didn't want to continue in your second marriage? Was there any part of it that you felt like I want to be different? Yes, I think I, and I think my husband also says that too. Um, you don't take for granted any single day you value. He's older than me, although I'm he's much healthier i'm the one that has these little attacks and and menopause and all these things he's always fine but um i think the fact that he's older also makes me always think no i i cannot let go one day without talking about whatever is needed or giving him a kiss or just showing him how much i care in that way maybe i should have been a better spouse back then but of course, the other part has to collaborate with that. Sometimes it's just, just this silence treatment and, and shouting and that blocks every intent. So, you know, sometimes you, again, you feel guilty in those cases and you're like, oh, I cannot be a better spouse, but sometimes mm-hmm. it's just not possible. Mm-hmm. And and here, like I was saying before, when, when the relationship flows and it, it works, it's reciprocal. So, yes, so true. You mentioned that your ex-husband has been remarried and he's embraced a different lifestyle and that he's remarried to a man. How is that with your children and, and trying to help them keep their faith strong? Is that something they struggle with or you struggle yeah. with? It's difficult to this day because um, they really love his husband um, they know him for the last 10 years because they, they were already together at that time. So for my children, um, homosexual marriage is quite a normal alternative. Mm-hmm. And, and they, they feel comfortable in it because they spend holidays with them. I didn't come to Germany to take them away from that, actually. That was not my intention. And I've, I mean, they've been here a month ago together for my daughter's birthday and we sit together at lunch. I mean, I, I've, I haven't been homophobic per se. I'm more upset about his behavior and, and sometimes other attitudes. Mm-hmm. Um, but as I say, for the children, it is it is a difficult point of, of her doc, of doctrine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, my oldest daughter is not attending church for one year now. Well, almost two years. 
Um, although she respects the church and the principles that she has learned. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what else to tell you. I must say, I learned from a friend that I, I don't want to put my children against their father. Mm -hmm. She taught me that she, she was daughter of a divorced marriage. And she mentioned that to me some years ago. And I thought I need to apply that. And so I've tried to be, I mean, and still sometimes I complain and I, as they grow and come up with things, I tell them answers, but I've tried not to be always with a pointing finger at them. I think that's really good advice. Really good advice for a difficult situation. If you could go back and give yourself a bit of advice on the day you were divorced, you and I both know that's a difficult day um, to see the end of your marriage. I, I know, and I've gone to court with many women, over 30 women. I just feel like no one should go to court alone. It's a, it's a, it's a difficult day. And if you had to give yourself or another, other women, some advice on that day, what would it be? So give yourself dignity. You are worth, you are, you're still you, you're the you from before that marriage. And you need to, to dig until you get that, that self of you out and, and just get it out. I mean, you're wonderful. And and you can, you really can, you can do it. And, and your children will suffer, but if you stay there with them, they'll make it. And, and there is plenty, plenty of hope ahead. That's, that's, yeah, that's important at that moment. For sure. <laughs> you you, you feel agree. like that's the end, don't you? You feel like it's a death almost. Do. And it is a death of the life that you knew and that you thought would be your life forever. And to see it end is just, it's a difficult day. So I love that advice that don't give up and have hope for a better life. What about on the day of your second marriage? Um, for someone who's been married a second time, like I have, and you have, um, there are definitely challenges in a blended family, a second marriage. They have a higher failure rate than first marriages because it, it can be even more challenging in some ways. Do you have any advice for women who are getting married for a second time? Yeah, you need to let go and give it a real chance, I would say, and, and not rely on, on what uh, you your concept of men is because this is a, a totally new person live every day with with passion and with uh, you know with with enthusiasm i think that relationship deserves time and and that's not easy because now you have your children or he has his own circumstance too and you have to be very very creative to make that time and even before the i was going to mention this earlier on the day of the divorce too give yourself time don't don't put your because i think that was a little bit of my mistake and it has been i put my children on my back now because i felt that now they deserved everything that they were not receiving from that marriage and sometimes you kill yourself doing that i mean it's just <laughs> too overwhelming and and you still have to be balanced and and show that you are human and and you need your own little times mm -hmm. yeah uh, yeah, and again, regarding the the new marriage, yes, you you're fearful. I for a moment, I had some dreams, very interesting dreams. i I learned later that when you dream of a bed, 
it has not a sexual connotation, but it actually represents your life. And so I dreamt that I was on a in a bed, you know, and I had one my ex husband and my future husband on both my sides. <laughs> I was like trapped there between them, <laughs> and I was like, "What do I do here?" Um, it was a really strange feeling, and and then another dream was also a bed, and this time it was, and this was around that time, around those months. Um, my ex-husband was carrying me on a hospital bed through the city and, and taking me somewhere. And that was so uncomfortable. I was, why does he carry me on this bed? So uh, still like in my mind, it was like, he still carries my life and I feel sick. I'm still not healed. Yes. Yeah. And then the last one I had on beds, it was, he was with his now husband in an area of a house that was very modern decorated and very like shady and I kept telling him I want to sleep here next to your bed and he's like no 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 I'm gonna show you your new bed and he took me through some corridors and took me into a very beautiful rustic bedroom Mm -hmm. and the bed was there was sun shining over that bed it was so pretty that it was like an American bed like really romantic (laughs) wide with dark uh, dark wood very pretty with lots of light and he said this is your new bed. This is your room. This is where you sleep. And he left me there and he left back to where he was. And I thought that was so symbolic because that was my new life. Mm -hmm. And he had carried me there somehow. So it was a process. It was like my subconscious was really accepting my new reality. Mm -hmm. And now I have that beautiful, bright new bed for me that I could now do whatever I wanted with. And so... Somehow it, it has been, uh, yeah, it's a path and it takes, it takes time. It takes months and, and some sorrows. I'm sure mm-hmm. you know about those. Oh, yes. Mm. I love that advice. And I love your stories. You sharing your <laughs> dreams. Isn't it wonderful how we get these little tender mercies that help us, you know, heal and move on and, and have hope and accept that our new lives. And like you, I feel that a new life, the second marriage brings can be even more rewarding and fulfilling, even with the extra complications of, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe a blended family and ex-spouses and things because you appreciate it so much more. And because you've come from a time of not having a united marriage. I feel like you that I want to cherish every day and don't want to take one minute for granted. So I love that. Yeah. But I mean, I still think you need your time for courtship and for reality to really picture and visualize what it's going to be like so that both are aware of where they get into. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. That is such good advice. Well, thank you so much, Celia. I have enjoyed this interview so much and all that you have shared has just been so wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for this opportunity. Thank you. I hope you are enjoying this series of love after divorce success stories. My goal is to bring you a new success story interview each month. If you would like to share your story of finding love after divorce or know someone that would be a great guest, please contact me through my email at jen at jenzingmark.com, J-E-N-N at jenzingmark.com, or message me on social media. Bye, y'all. 
Are you struggling with the trials of divorce? There is a path to find joy in your journey. I would love to help you. Go to jenzingmark.com to get all the info. There you'll find a free download to help you start thinking happier thoughts today. And you can sign up to receive my weekly newsletter. If you like what you've heard here and want to dive deeper into this work, sign up for a free mini session with me. This is just the tip of the iceberg, my friends. There is so much more. I would love to work with you and be your life coach.